You are tuned in to Bright Spots Radio with Sandra Deakin. To listen to more episodes, go to sandradeakin.com. Welcome to Bright Spots Radio. And in these talks, I offer you my bright spots. These are moments of people that have brightened my life and have given me new thoughts. And one of them is the amazing Deepak Chopra. This doctor and self-help guru is born in India. He studied medicine there. And later he moved to the United States and became a spiritual teacher. His books have sold millions of copies worldwide, teaching people about alternative ways to heal. I met Deepak a few years ago on a seminar in Holland and I got inspired by him. I just love how clear and simple he talks about awareness and how he translates old ancient wisdom into modern tools for daily life. Enjoy. What exactly is this expanded awareness? Okay, well, awareness is the same thing as consciousness. So right now you and I are speaking and that is because you and I are aware But at this moment, our awareness is, in a sense, uh, confined to our conversation. So that uh, awareness can be focused and confined, or awareness can be expanded and not so confined. And it can be simultaneously confined and expanded. For example, um, you are speaking to me, that is your focused or confined awareness, but I'm sure you're aware of the room in which you are and all the things that are happening in your room and actually at a some level all the things that are happening in your body. So um, our exp- awareness can be confined and expanded at the same time. And then our awareness can be free, which is it has no conceptual boundaries. So if you want to look at this, um, think of confined awareness as somebody holding a matchstick and trying to navigate in a dark room and everything um, is an obstacle because they can't see and as soon as they see, the matchstick goes off. So that's the realm of awareness in which we see only problems. Then you can have a little more expanded awareness. You have a flashlight and you can look around and you see that everything that you thought was an obstacle actually has a purpose. There's a telephone you can use to make a call. There's a television set that you can use to uh, watch a program in Holland. And there's furniture. You can lie down, sit down, etc., etc. So now all the things that you previously perceived as problems or obstacles are actually opportunities that have a purpose. And then there's free awareness where there are no boundaries. So now you're in a room that has transparent glass windows and floor and ceiling, and it's flooded with sunlight, and you see that the whole universe is your playground. And that, in wisdom traditions, is called enlightenment. You are not separately seeing yourself as separate which is the true reality. You know, the true reality is that you and the floor that you're sitting on and me, the person you're speaking to, and the universe is a single process. It's a single activity. It's not an entity. It's not a noun. It's a verb. 
It's a constantly transforming single entity. And in that realm, there are no problems, therefore no need for solutions. There's pure creative play. Every moment is an opportunity to become the creative impulse of the total universe. So that's a metaphor, a metaphorical way of seeing it, but it's also, um, you know, part of the great wisdom traditions of the world. So there are different stages of expanded awareness, and let's say the highest is enlightenment? Yeah, highest is enlightenment, free awareness, yes. No boundaries. And if we could all live in this expanded awareness, what would the world look like? How would, we, how would it be different from today? If everyone was in, in uh, this state of pure awareness or enlightenment, there would not be a world, uh, because uh, to need a world, you need contrast. To need experience, you need contrast. So the mechanics of creation requires different levels of awareness. Okay, and... and you can't have a heart without a cold, or a up without a down, or pleasure in the absence of contrast, which we call pain, or birth or death, or darkness of light, or light. You can't have any experience unless there are diverse levels of awareness. They're, they're required in order for creation to occur. So what we call the creative impulse is the tendency towards expansion, and what we call entropy is the tendency towards constriction. But everybody is longing for this enlightenment. So you. Because that's the process of evolution. Uh huh. Right? Yeah, evolution is the process through which the longing for enlightenment unfolds. It's the process. In fact, it's the, what we call time. Time is the unfolding of potential. So can it happen that you are in a state of enlightenment and then you get out of it and then you're in it again and then you get out of it again? Not if it's total enlightenment, then no. It's like a fruit that uh, is fully ripe, it falls, it can't return to the tree then. Or a child that is born cannot return to the womb. But along the way, yes. Now, a lot of people are evolving towards an expansive consciousness, and at the same time, the majority seems to be still asleep. There is uh, still lots of a lot of abuse, misuse, power of money, people in very powerful positions who are still very much in the ego. So how do you see the world evolving with these two extremes, with these two opposites? The world evolves as a natural expression of its existence, and uh, you cannot uh, force it in one way or another. You cannot force other people to evolve. You can only take responsibility for your own evolution. Then from there, you know, inspire others through your example, not through your self-righteous morality or, um, or uh, what we call zealotry. You can't do it. It's not possible. 
So it starts within yourself. But that takes a long time, I mean, to change the whole world, I mean. Yeah, but that's why we have, what we have today is the, took 13.8 billion years, so what's the hurry? <laughs> no hurry. <laughs> yes, you write in your book, and I find that true as well, the gap between life and soul is still big. So how can we make it smaller? Or is it the intention to make it smaller? Yeah, I think the intention and the desire for your own personal growth. And as the poet Rumi says, our longing is the way. And what is your biggest advice to people living in these chaotic times right now? Biggest advice? Take it easy. <laughs> but how can they... So, because I... Get caught in the melodrama. There's too much melodrama and, you know, the desire to be good um, can also be melodramatic, in which case it just adds to the turbulence. And, and um, this, I also teach yoga and this morning I was talking about this consciousness and one of my students said to me hey but I have so many kids I have to put bread on the table I have to do this I have to do that uh, how can I live in this consciousness when I have kids to feed and so I asked this question to you <laughs> well that comes from a basic misperception that the world controls us instead of you creating your own world once that perception is corrected, when it is corrected, then you will see that living in this consciousness is more efficient than not living in this consciousness. How can we get step by step to this consciousness and still feed our children and do get to work, earn our living? Um, what kind of very specific advice could you give us? Um, yoga is the right word, so yoga means union, so yoga of meditation, yoga of love, yoga of the intellect, and yoga of action. Being, feeling, thinking, and doing. What was in your life your biggest change? What was a certain moment? Uh, uh, change always comes from discontent. So my, in my life, the change came from not being contented with the methodology with which we treated patients. It was too mechanistic, and therefore I decided to try and understand that change in behavior comes uh, by changing the mind, and change, changing the mind can only happen if you realize that you're not the mind. And how, how did that change your life, your awareness? Just uh, through self-awareness, through looking at my own self and asking myself, who am I and what do I want? And that changed also, uh, your books have changed uh, a way of looking at health. Um, would you say that you have influenced the world 
for a very big part on that, on looking at health in a different way? Uh, some people would say that. I would just say that I was singing in the bathroom and a lot of people enjoyed the song. I, I enjoy expressing a certain point of view and then it turns out that many people enjoy listening to that point of view. So why do you write the books? Why do you share this knowledge? It's a lot of fun. It's like why do you write a play or why do you go to a movie or why do you sing a song or why do you play music? When you play music, you're not interested in getting to the end. The whole point of the music or the dance is the dance itself. There's no point in dancing, is there? That's beautiful. But still, a lot of people aren't in that phase of enjoying yet. They're still surviving, in a way, instead of... Right. It's an early stage of development and uh, requires patience. You know, development is is development. You start uh, as a toddler and before that you're an infant and then you become an adult and it's an unfoldment. If you would look at the global world, in which phase is the world? Uh, child? Uh, adolescent? Uh, or where, where would the stage of the world be today? In all those stages, um, but definitely not grown up yet. But yeah, there are a lot of adolescents and there are a lot of children, spiritually speaking. And there are a lot of infants. That's why we have war and all the, you know, disparities in the world. But um, give it a few billion years and it'll grow up. Though that is still a long time because um, you read a lot about that the change is coming and that people are awakening. But if I listen to you, we still have to have a lot of patience. Yeah, it's good to it's good to um, uh, be um, uh, having that conversation. Um, but um, you cannot force it. It'll happen when it happens. At least that's my view. But it's good to have that conversation because it uh, makes many more people want to be in that. Uh, phase or desire to grow, to evolve. Is it, is it easier to cure yourself in this expanded awareness? To heal yourself? Yes, I think healing is a return of the memory of wholeness and wholeness is expansion and wholeness is, um, is to um, be at one with your source and that has physical consequences. But if that, um, most people who are trying to heal are doing it through fear, and so it doesn't work through just being positive, because their positivity or their hope is a sign of despair, you have to go beyond hope and despair. You have to transcend. Transcendence is beyond all duality. That's why healing is rare. You know, in order to have the body movement, you have to let go. In order to sleep, you have to get good look go of your desire to sleep. You know, people struggle with insomnia because they're trying to sleep or anything biological. When you try to do it and you not have the ability to jump into 
you know, your magazine is called Change. You say, how to change is the wrong question. You jump into the dance. And you don't, you don't worry about the outcome. Because if you're worrying about the outcome, you're not dancing anymore. That's beautiful. I have one more last question. In your book you write, um, ask what you can give before demanding what you can get. Now I look this at this as a, from a woman's point, and I feel women have given so much during the last centuries. Or did I completely misunderstood this sentence? No, no. women have given a lot, and that's why hopefully the wisdom of women will be the next phase of our revolution. Otherwise, we're screwed. And in, in what way? Survival of the fittest has to be replaced by survival of the wisest. And in what way is the next stage uh, the wisdom of women or the women and the female energy? Yeah, it's focused on beauty, intuition, creativity, nurturing, compassion, love. Um, these are qualities we associated with the Divine Feminine. And, and um, what about this sentence, ask what you can give before demanding what you can get? only way to get anything is to give it. You can't get respect unless you give it. You can't get love unless you give it. You can't have abundance consciousness without gratitude. So. A statement of fact. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope to meet you one day in real life. I hope so. Thank you. It is my prayer. <laughs> Have a beautiful day. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. To listen to more episodes, go to sandradeakin.com.